people think the soul's got all the answers and you know i mean i get that all the time you know people saying well, but isn't my soul perfect and it's like well you know your soul's at heart it's very loving and you know it comes comes into this world very inexperienced and it also carries the fear my spirit guides will talk about this i, th I think splitting hairs a little bit but they'll say the soul it isn't fearful, but it carries the fears. It's like taking all this baggage from the soul. You know, I'll take that suitcase, thank you. And then it doesn't have that. It's not carrying the fear anymore. It's just able to, to release it. Now let the magic begin. Hello and jai ma, jai ma yomis. It's Raquel, and welcome to Your Own Magic, a soul-expanding and heart-opening podcast. This episode is sponsored by Feels and Nutrafol. More on them in the midst of the episode and in the show notes, as per usual. Today, we are highlighting another Your Own Magic classic with one of our main young guests, the old soul, the spiritual guide, Ainsley McLeod whose specialty is to share information about old souls with the world delivered from his guides. And I highly recommend you listen to Ainsley's first ever episode on your own magic titled Ainsley McLeod, How Old Is Your Soul? Past Lives, Raquel's Soul, and Live the Life Your Soul Intended. That was released October 29th, 2018. Yeah, so exactly three years ago this week. And I believe I already released that episode in early 2020. So instead, I am re-releasing this episode that took place in 2019, his second time on the show, which at the time, this specific episode was divided up into two episodes, but I merged them into one. And so in this episode, Ainsley expands on being an old soul in a young soul world and he clues us in on his spirit guides what they told him about life plans and destiny having free will karma the astral realm's view of sex past life healing soul family soul mates and how we too may better connect with our own spirit guides and his book old souls guidebook is indeed a game changer that you must read if you haven't already. In fact, I linked all his books in the show notes. The book I must recommend you read first is The Instruction, Living the Life Your Soul Intended, so you can get an idea of how old your soul may be and your soul's purpose. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and let's get on with the show, shall we? And now... I believe it is time to let the magic begin with Ainsley McLeod. You know, one of the things I've always had to deal with is waking up and feeling groggy. I've always described it as waking up feeling poisoned, you know, so, and what, what I... Now, post-surgery, I wake up feeling, oh, good. You know, I wake up in a few seconds, you know, and it's like instead of, you know, dragging myself around for the first couple of hours of the day. And that's been the most noticeable thing. I am shocked and amazed at the fact that you have, in this incarnation, gone your entire life 
feeling groggy and not refreshed when you woke up in the morning. Yeah. And to finally experience what that is like, I just can't even imagine. Yeah, I never imagined. I just thought, you know, I'm just one of those people. And um, Right. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's 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 the weirdest thing, you know, because I always used to envy those people who'd wake up and bounce out of bed and go and do stuff. <laughs> and I'd be kind of going, oh, Not a morning you know. person. <laughs> oh. Um, no. no. Well, do you yeah. think that by any chance – is it possible during your dream state you might be like floating around the astral realm and it's like just so intense, but you might not recall it in memory when you wake up? I I do a lot of that. Okay. Um, that that was one of the first things when I first started talking to the spirit world and realized that yeah, I do. I, I have very active nights. You know, yeah. it's a lot of stuff going on there. <laughs> I don't remember my dreams. And I used to wonder, well, you know, why is that? And they said, well, you've got all this other stuff going on, you know. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. I have, you know, very active astral stuff going on. Perhaps that takes a um, lot of energy, even though you're not using your human body. But that's also a lot of energy, even mm-hmm. for the soul, perhaps. I think it's exactly, yeah. It's like not, um, not kind of switching off. Uh, yeah. One of the things that, you know, I talk a lot about the importance of meditation and I get that a lot from the spirit guides. They're always talking about meditation. And there are times when they've refused to work with me unless I, you know, agree to up my meditation. You know, times when I, I just want to get on with things and they're going, no, you need an hour meditation right now. And I'm going, you know, why? And they used yeah. to say, well, sleep is not meditation. They're, they're different things, you know. And, yeah. um you know, there's a processing and recovery and so on goes that goes on with meditation that you don't get with sleep as well. So, yeah, so a combination of the two, obviously, would be ideal. Wait, this is fascinating. So to connect with the spirit guides, there's specific meditation. So because a lot of people will say, well, I exercise and that is my meditative time or I sit and have my cup of coffee and that's my meditative time. And yes, that's in a sense meditative, but I do feel, I feel like a deeper connection in a sense when I actually meditate the proper form of meditation. I I agree. Like, you know, really, um, there's something about sitting down and really setting the intention and letting the spirit world know that this is your time to to actually meditate and connect with them. And yeah. it's not that people can't get into some kind of restful state when they're sitting having a cup of tea or they're exercising. In fact, for some people who are very um, physically centered, you know, they can they can really connect. Um, you know, like a very active outdoors type can through hiking or something like that get get into like a hamster on a, a wheel, get into some sort of other zone. Yeah. But there's really no substitute for actually setting the intention and doing a meditation and all that goes with, with that. And I, I get this all the time from the spirit world. That, because I've done it as well, you know, I've, I've, I've hoped to say to them, well, you know, I, um, you know, I had a nap. Um, <laughs> doesn't that count? And it's like, no, absolutely not. <laughs> now go and meditate. I realize, yeah, for me, naps are a good reset if I'm at a very low state, but meditation is just different when it actually comes to connection. And when I was at the ashram, actually, because I had the entire day to do whatever, there was no, 
you know, I made sure that my systems were in order for my business. So I pretty much read a lot, wrote a lot, finally like had an inspired thought of how what my book's going to be. But I also got to meditate for over an hour on some of the days. Mm. I didn't do it every day I was there, but on a few of the days I did. And there's a difference. And it's interesting you're saying this because I'm feeling like, I need to do that more. Yeah. yeah I think sometimes you, yeah. Um, I, I find by just doing a long meditation every so often that it just reminds me of the importance and how how much better I feel when I do that. Oh, yes. And you don't have to do, at least according to my spirit guides, most people don't have to do really long meditations every day. You know, they're, they're very conscious that we live in a, a world where we have, you know, work to do and family and people and things going on trying to have a human experience <laughs> yeah so you know it's not like you have to meditate for three hours every day but even just 10 minutes can be better than nothing yeah when you can and then every so often when you can take take an hour to do it and it's amazing how refreshed you feel yeah that's true <laughs> That's so true. Well, yeah. I'm excited to jump into the Old Souls Guidebook. By the way, I just mm -hmm. want to thank you again for coming in for a second time and just gifting your time today for me and the audience, but also Ainsley. I just felt so connected with you, and you are one of my favorite people that I've ever interviewed where it actually just felt like we were talking and hanging out, but you were giving me such great insight and clarity on things that I actually needed to know to heal my own wounds in my life at that time. And since I've been feeling so much better. It's so amazing how after that, a lot of the pain that I was feeling was gone. So I just want to thank you so much. Oh, that's great. Well, thank you for saying. I appreciate <laughs> that very much. And it's just an absolute delight to get the chance to talk to you again. Biggest delight. So th thank you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and also congrats. Your new book will actually be live the day this episode airs because I made sure to arrange it that way. <laughs> so <laughs> it's going to, yes. So this comes out April 8th, which is when the Old Souls Guidebook comes out. And by the way, I read it back in December and I just, oh, I deeply connected with and I it left me with a lot of curious questions that I'm sure a lot of the audience members, I actually would like this interview, the intention for this interview to kind of give a glimpse of what they might look for or look to when they read the old souls guidebook, just like a small little glimpse and just some other old soul truths that may resonate with them. Great. I'm, I'm happy to, uh, you know, give any information and, uh, uh, I mean, I'm very proud of the book and, uh, yeah. you know, it's, it's really what I, it's everything I wanted to say oh. and, uh, I'm, I'm just, you know, really excited to get the chance now to, to talk about it. You know, it's been a long time coming and, um, you know, it's, it's exciting to finally have this thing coming out in the, in the world. <laughs> How are so you? Thank you for letting me talk like about it. Yes. <laughs> Yes, thank you for coming on to talk about it. How are your spirit guides feeling about it? Oh, they're well. They've been with me every step of the way, and they're very pleased as well. Because um, I'm I'm not a perfectionist, but um, I keep I, part of me looks at the at the book. You know, I'm looking at the manuscript and I'm thinking, 
gosh, you know, I, I, and now that I've said that, I really need to explain it better. And thank God I have spirit guides because without them, <laughs> the book would be about 40,000 pages long um <laughs> so i try to explain everything and they're going no sometimes you just need to let things go that's enough you know just one sentence will do fine there you don't need a whole chapter and um so <laughs> i'm kind of, I love that. kind of I'm, pl- I'm pleased that i managed to bring it in at very sort of reasonable was it 240 pages you know it's it's quite quite readable oh yeah um, so it, it says everything i want to say but still leaves an awful lot more to uh to talk about at some point in the future. Exactly. And that's why I'm excited because there's, of course, questions branching off of it. But yeah, I like to call that sometimes Yoda wisdom. It's like that Yoda soulful wisdom. It's so simple, nothing too profound, too complex, yet it's the universal truth that our guides are trying to share with us. But it's, that, This is what I try to tell people. It's, it's not that complicated. <laughs> You know, uh, there's something I didn't say it in this book, but I think I said it somewhere else. I think it's one of my other books where the spirit guides had said, what what if learning to drive took a lifetime? And it was kind of a good point. I mean, well, who, who you know, who would bother? And, you know, that, that sounds crazy. But people think that about, you know, understanding their destiny or the, their purpose in being here, that somehow, yeah. you know, it's a whole lifetime spent figuring your destiny and maybe... Maybe if you're lucky at the end of this long, long life, if you live long enough, you'll finally have the answers. And the the, the truth seems to be that your, your destiny is really staring you in the face. You just need to know what to, what to look for. Mm. And that's what I've tried to do with this book is say, like, you know, this is who you are. This is why you're here. And. It's not that complicated, but I think for most of us, we just really don't know what we're looking for. It's a mystery, you know, it's kind of everything's shrouded in, in mystery and um, and it doesn't have to be that way. And certainly because I, I work with spirit guides on the other side and they're not trying to make it more difficult than right. it is. They want to communicate and they want to communicate as clearly as possible and you know, that does take effort. We were talking earlier about meditation and those sort of things are, you know, meditation, tranquility and everything goes with it. They really help when it comes to making a connection uh, with the other side. Um, and sometimes, you know, it's just getting those fundamental things down, you know, getting into a space where you can converse with the other side, tap into the small, still voice of your soul, um, small, still voice of your spirit guides, and how, you know, then you can really sort of get to that, Um, uh, you know, start getting, well, their information, you know, allow them to help um, shape the the journey. Um, You know, your soul knows why you're here, your spirit guides know where you've been and where you're going. And um, once you make that connection, Everything starts to uh, flow. It's a lot, um, a lot simpler. Mm, and then we finally live in this state of flow because we can hear clearly the guidance that is within. But it, we just are so distracted by so much noise. And I definitely want to talk a lot about destiny and versus free will. But first, I figured that. Maybe we want to refresh some of the Yomi's memories for a moment. (laughs) 
distinguishing, just briefly, very briefly, distinguishing the old soul from a younger soul, a quick sum up, and the different levels. Yeah. So, you know, I talk about, well, the, the book is the old soul's guidebook. And so I'm assuming that my audience is made up of old souls. You know, yeah. people who read my book or are going to be drawn to it are going to be old souls. <laughs> and one of the the signs of being an old soul is just a greater level of acceptance of others. I think that's one of the the main signs. If you think of it, your your soul is on a long journey from its first life, you know, first life on the physical plane um, to its last, and it's learning all the time. This is the the reason for reincarnation. It's so that we we don't just come here for one life and call it good. I mean, some people would come here to be here for ten, five minutes and never get anything done. Other people would have disappointing lives and you know die young. And, um, but by coming back over and over in different parts of the world, we get the chance to have a really well rounded education. And what what all these incarnations mean is that we have young souls and we have old souls. There's a point of roughly about halfway through your your soul's journey on the physical plane where you become an old soul and your your focus shifts. Um, young souls are more sort of outwardly focused. They don't have a lot of introspection. They're learning to be human. There's a point, though, where there's a, a flip, sort of uh, an ability to sort of really look, look within, and that starts to... Um, shape how how old souls show up in the world um so if you're an old soul um yeah the tendency is to oh my gosh you know um have more concern about other people rather than just yourself there's a there's just a sort of ever increasing sense of um that we're all connected that we're all one maybe even it shows up sometimes as altruism um things like a concern about the environment one of the reasons for that is that a lot of old souls um, are very conscious, or <laughs> conscious on a very deep level, uh, that they'll be back, and um, and also that they want you know to respect the natural world and so on. Uh, and another sign, I'm thinking of a couple of strong signs. Um, usually, politically. The older soul is is a little bit more progressive, or a lot more progressive, um, because the the soul's journey is taking it from one of fear to love, and as you hit this halfway mark, then you start to become more concerned about you know the the fate and happiness of other people, not not just yourself, and so it shows up politically and socially as being uh, just more more progressive. Younger souls have still to learn that we're all connected. It's a little bit more sort of dog-eat-dog dog and just a little more selfishness there. It doesn't mean that all souls can be perfect. I mean, there are plenty of old souls who, <laughs> I, I describe them as people who make me go, ah, souls. They'll <laughs> 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 <It'll> be jerks. <laughs> you know, it, and it really is, I, I do remind people that, you know, not, not to get all, you know, snobbish or arrogant about this you know just you know remember if you're an old soul you were you were a young soul yeah. once anyway so that you know those are sort of some of the signs of being an older soul um usually or very often 
sense of being spiritual and not particularly uh, religious. Right. Sometimes you can express it through religion, but it's really much more of a personal um, spiritual journey for an older soul. Mm, yes. And there are 10 levels that, that you go through. Uh, they have a slightly different focus, but you know, in your very early lives, you're just, you just want to know what it is to be human and just explore, you know, and um, then uh, that sort of thing increases until once you're, you're an older soul, it can drop off a little bit. You know, you do actually get some points where there's very strong creativity. Um, a lot of very creative people are older souls. Um, they're at, at what's called level seven, and there's ten being there's ten levels at all. Level seven, for example, is all about creativity. Most of my clients are level nine souls because there's a there's a real focus on things like spirituality and um, a very strong need to understand uh, who you are to make sure. There's one of the things that happens as you get to be an older soul is that you, you your soul becomes aware that you're running out of time, or that you don't have like hundred lifetimes ahead of you, you know, that you, you want to get it right. So that's where things like, you know, that who am I, why am I here? Those questions become more important. <laughs> they take up way a lot of space in your mind. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. I have to say, I am absolutely smitten. I am delighted to be using this particular CBD from Feels spelled f-e-a-l-s and i'm so thankful that they have a special offer for the your own magic listeners so what is feels exactly well feels is a premium cbd that naturally helps reduce stress anxiety pain and sleeplessness and is delivered right to your doorstep and i love to add that feels is produced in the usa from sourcing to packaging as they want to ensure quality and sustainability to support american farmers and businesses and they make sure to use all natural and organic sourcing as clean soil they know equals clean hemp because hemp is a plant that absorbs toxins and radiation easily from the soil so they want to make sure that their products are grown and harvested in the u.s using organic farming practices and so that's nice to know also another thing that i think is interesting is that unlike isolates which extract just from parts of the hemp plant which are found in many cbds feels uses the full spectrum which means that you get all of the compounds and terpenes found naturally in the plant which creates an entourage effect that allows everything to work better together than they would otherwise and they would on their own i place a few drops of fields under my tongue and i personally can feel the difference within minutes and my sleep the past few months has been better than ever. Also, sometimes I might drop a little in my coffee or tea, and it's nice to have a little cup of CBD Joe. <laughs> anyway, so everyone's dose is different, and if you're new to CBD or need to find your right feels dose, they offer a free CBD hotline to help guide you through the discovery process, which is so nice to have that guidance for free. Anyway, the feels customer service team is dedicated dedicated to making sure you get the best use of your CBD so if you are not feeling it or you're feeling it too much you can contact them and they'll work with you to make sure that you have your right dose of CBD as we're all so different and it's just nice to have that guidance see 
Joining the Feels monthly membership makes your self-care easy. You'll save money on every order and you can pause or cancel at any time. So start feeling better with Feels. Become a member today by going to feels.com magic and you'll get 50% off your first order with free shipping. That's F-E-A-L-S dot com slash magic to become a member and get 50% automatically taken off your first order with free shipping. Feels.com slash magic. As always, the link is in the show notes. And now on with the show. But a lot of people assume that level 10s have it all figured out and that they've reached this state of enlightenment or a certain level of perfectionism, which at least in my case, that is certainly not at all the case Um, (laughs) because I'm indeed very human. I have very human moments daily, but I also, of course, know that this is coming to an end, especially after talking with you and I'm 100% actually more than okay with that. <laughs> but yeah. um yeah, and I'm sure a lot of the listeners are either level 9 or level 10, but how can people that are maybe older souls have more compassion for younger souls? Yeah, I th- I think it's to it does help to remember that you were once there. Yeah. You know, you were you, you know, you were once that younger soul you raised an interesting point there that <laughs> I, I i talk to a lot of level eight nine and ten souls really younger souls than that don't don't generally come to me but you know i, I mean most of my clients like i say are level nine um then a lot of level tens and it's the level tens <laughs> over and over you know when i tell somebody Oh, you're level 10. And they go, well, if I'm level 10, how come I have so many anxieties or uncertainties? Yeah. <laughs> there's a there's a really good reason for that. Because you think that reaching this level of perfection would somehow mean that, you know, you're really cool. You know, you've got, got the whole thing down. You know, you've become this very, very wise person. And in a lot of ways, you have reached that point. But we live in a world that doesn't value the the old soul values, and I'll uh, I'll try to explain what I mean. There is that um, as your soul ages, there are core values that it it tries to bring on board. It's learning all the time about the power of love, um, peace, truth, and, and higher higher virtues. The spirit guides call them core values or paths. Uh, or goals, you know, the, the the what you're trying to achieve, but they're also the way to to get there. And so, most old souls have actually got these things down. You know, when you actually go really deep beneath the surface, they, you know, they've they've learned the importance of respect for others or um, freedom or 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 whatever. Um, but unfortunately, when you get to be a very old soul the veil between this plane and the next becomes thin. And that's really good because it, it connects your your conscious self and your soul. It brings those two, two pieces together. But as you connect very strongly with your soul, you also connect with your soul's past mm-hmm. and all the, the, the many experiences 
And a lot of those are great because the these the good experiences or even some bad experiences can teach your your soul some very, very important lessons that help you to reach that place of higher value, you know, where you understand the higher values like love, for example. Um, but you also tap into the negative traumatic experiences that your souls had. And that comes through in this life. I actually, I took the liberty of um, looking at one of your past lives. Actually, I looked at two of your past lives ah, before uh, before this call. Wonderful. Would you be okay if I, if I discussed this? 100%. I'm open. Absolutely. Okay. Actually, I forgot to make a, a note of this. I'm going to actually write this down in case I forget um, <laughs> as we do this. Okay. There's... This is exciting. <laughs> okay. So, well, the first one, now, I don't know how you'll feel about this and I don't know where you are on this, on the subject, but you had a past life in Russia and Poland. Um now, actually, because I did this very quickly, I think it's just one life in Russia and Poland rather than two lives. But the 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 gist of the thing would be the same; it wouldn't wouldn't matter. Um, it, this was a past life as a writer. Mm. Um, you were writing um, something that was connected with religion, and following on from that, you know, actually, it's a good, it's a good point about how your your soul does go from that sort of place of being more. Uh, of being religious to more spiritual because now you're guided to write uh, <laughs> spiritual yeah. um, stuff. Yeah. You know, do, do you, do you have a spiritual book in you? I have, it's funny you say that that last month I actually started writing and it just flowed the spiritual book that's in me at the ashram. Great. <laughs> okay. Well, what you'll be doing and that may be what you know. Why something like this happens in an ashram is that you have that tranquility, you have the yeah. peace and quiet that allows you to tap into and listen to the voice of your soul and your spirit guides. So they're going to be going, okay. So you uh, you learn to write, um, and now you want to use that ability. And remember, that all talents are past life abilities. Right. And now you, is the time to to um, focus on writing again so um you know and this is one of the ways uh, this will come up a lot when i'm working with people how you can by knowing about a past life you can tap into the talents and abilities uh more strongly it's like it's almost like drawing the energy of the 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 talent if you like wow. drawing it out simply by knowing that it, that it's there the other um past life that came up was one on the island of Mauritius um, and it's all to do with the heart chakra and it's stemming from um, sexual abuse in that life and how sexual abuse in any past life shows up in this is that you're you're working all the time on keeping your heart chakra open mm -hmm. and it's not an easy thing mm -hmm. because if you go back to the past life if if you suffer sexual abuse, what your soul does is it tries its very best to protect you. And one of the first things that it does is to shut down the heart chakra for for protection. It's to, um, in a way, to, to sort of numb you or to prevent you from um, being 
as hurt as you might be otherwise. The problem is that it becomes very difficult to then open up the heart chakra again, to feel safe, to, um, you know, to get back into the, the loving and trusting space that you might have been in before. And that can carry into future lifetimes. So in this life, when you have all this in the past, then one of the, the, the big goals, if you like, of this life is to keep that heart chakra open, to, to be a loving presence. But of course, you're going to be on a little bit of a hair trigger because the, the, the soul is always cautious. You know, and if it, if it feels unsafe, it will go, okay, well, we may have a repetition of something that happened before, so we shut down again. One of the important things always is to remind, by, by airing a past life, is to remind the soul that that was then and this is now, and it doesn't have to worry about whatever it was ha happening again. Um, this is related to the fact that although you could have a hundred and something lifetimes and you've you've lived and you've died and it's all over a span of many thousands of years, your soul has been conscious throughout. Your soul doesn't die at the end of each life. It's still there. And this seems to be the sort of miracle of past life work is that sometimes you get the deepest healing from just reminding the soul that that was then, this is now, because it can't on its own separate one life very easily from the next. Right. And wow. I would imagine if you scan your life, a lot of it will be about, you know, a, a lot of the experience you've had, you've had will have been about being in that loving place. You might have had some real challenges, um, things that have um, tested you in the area of the heart chakra. Does that make sense? My, I have chills and my heart chakra feels like it is radiating right now for whatever mm. reason. Um, wow. I know I knew that there were some, there was some sort of trauma in the past that had to do with something sexual just because I, and I've talked about this with my listeners, like I haven't been able to have sex for five years, but I've never really enjoyed it. And Oh wow! It's interesting that I, I yeah, have a major, major block in that area. Oh, this may be it. <laughs> maybe. I mean, we can talk afterwards, but I, I, I wonder if maybe this, this could be the big one. <laughs> and if it is, you'll 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 know right away because you, um, you know what what your soul will do part part of this protection thing. It will shut down sexually, right? And once you find the past life, very often things open up. You know, you really feel that sexuality coming back. Right. And uh, the other thing is that um, what I found is that uh, a lot of women who have sexual abuse in a past life will have signs of that in the body. There, there are memories that can be carried often in the form of cysts or something like mm -hmm. that. It can be the sign that there was trauma. Somebody I mentioned in my book, um, should, I, I forget exactly, it was, I think it was a 10-pound cyst uh, removed when she was nine years old. And um, and I, I said to her, you know, this, this, this must have played havoc with your relationships. And she said, I'm, well, I'm 45 and I've never had a relationship. 
Oh my god. I mean gosh. she was just shut down the whole way through. Wow. Um yeah. So um yeah, we, we, we should go deeper into this, but at some point to. because it could could really be the the big one there. Wow. And you know, if I'm working with somebody where, you know, there is an issue like this, then we just look for as, as many past lives because there could, there could be more than one. Of course. That's affecting it. And often you don't need very much information, you know, just simply reminding the soul that there was this life in Mauritius, there was sexual abuse, and that's been carried into this life can be enough. The, the soul goes, oh, okay. So we don't have, that's, that's oh, okay. Enough. So we don't have to go into like a deep hypnotic state or meditative state and have a flashback of that past and try to reprogram no. it. We just have to tell, simply no. tell a soul. You know, uh, well, I do it in my work by just telling people. Uh, when I f first started doing this work, I thought, oh, you know, I have to presume I have to do these really long relaxations and then regression. And uh, I did that a couple of times and I was so bored and my spirit guides were going, you know, it's, it's not that hard. You just tell them. Because um, I was in the zone anyway, so I'm getting, you know, whatever person's experiencing, I'm getting it a lot faster because I'm doing this you know, all day, every day. Right. And uh, so I, I would just tell people, oh, you know, this happened in the past life and that happened. And then the next thing, you know, they go, oh my God, you know, I'm, you know, it's healed my pain or my, or, or, you know, I no longer have that fear or whatever, everything just, just lifted. And so, you know, that's, that's what I, I do. And it, wow. and it doesn't, you don't have to go to that, some incredibly deep place to do this. Uh, in, in my book, I talk about, children and how particularly how past lives affect them and show up in all sorts of different ways yeah. and i've helped many children through their parents by telling the parents what happened to the child in the past life and then mom or dad tells the child a bedtime story and you know this happened that happened and the night terrors or whatever's been plaguing the child disappears and this is the fascinating thing they happen very very quickly you know because usually when the person gets back to me they say well you know it happened it was like a week later and you know there are no more you know no more night terrors or, or no more fears of this or you know the tsunami or whatever the child was was fearing Wow. And then very, very quickly. Wow. Wait, and then do you think the child sometimes knows that that story was actually a part of their world, especially since they were they are so close, they are just newly fresh into this incarnation from the other. Do you think that they may have flashes and remember their past life? Yeah, very, very much. I'm thinking of uh, one of my clients who told me that, she she did that um, bedtime story thing, and she said her child it didn't react, and that's that's usually you know what what people will tell me. It's not like the child goes, oh oh my god, yeah, it's all coming back to me. <laughs> it's like because we're really speaking to the soul. It's just getting yeah. a chance to go in and remind the, the soul, and uh, she she told the child about the past life, and he said nothing. This five year old. And maybe a couple of weeks later, he just like he's just walking through the house, and he goes, "Hey, mom, that story you told me a few weeks ago—that was me, wasn't it?" And she went, wow. "Yeah, that was." And that was all that was said about it. 
So yeah, the veil, you know, the veil I talk about, it can be pretty thin when you're, when you're a child. And, you know, sometimes children remember past lives. Of course, this is, people say, oh, I don't remember my past lives. But, you know, when you see these, whatever it is, you know, pains or fears or limiting beliefs or all sorts of blocks, these are the memories. This is just how you remember your past lives. In fact, I'm, I would argue that probably we all remember our past lives, but just, we just don't consciously go, oh, this this is a past life thing. I think if we were more aware of you know, how this works, then we probably would. And be more open to it. And there are yeah. societies that do, but what is so profound is that whatever fears or phobias or any experience that seems very irrational or just something that doesn't make sense, like what you talk about, some people some people would rather die or be in a tub of spiders instead of giving a public speech because they most well, they most likely had something that happened in their past where they had like a public appearance of embarrassment or torture. And yeah. so you say that you can't tell where you're going if you don't know where you've been. Absolutely. And if, when we know where we've been, we can heal from these past life fears and traumas that might consume us today. Oh, and it's it's incredible because, you know, I'm, I mean, I feel like I'm, I'm just scratching away at the tip of the iceberg to you know, mixing metaphors here. But I also talk about, you know, being at the sort of Wright brothers level of understanding of all this. And I think, you know, maybe, you know, a couple of hundred years in the future, this will be much more mainstream and people will realize that we're all affected by our past lives and they're really showing up all over the place. The public speaking fear, that's a phobia of judgment. And all phobias, in my experience, and according to my spirit guides, all phobias are past life fears, all of them. And um, if you're afraid of public speaking or being tested or you have stage fright, it will go back to something like being tried and executed. It's it's usually some somewhere where you're facing people in authority and then there are terrible consequences. I, I, there's one little aside, little box that I put in the book about, because uh, I used to have this fear. It, in, it was enormous. I mean, I I didn't talk in public for 30 years. And I, I, wow. would, I would have run a mile from doing an interview like this or <laughs> getting up on, on stage. Um I mean, I couldn't even go into a room where somebody was giving a speech because it was so uncomfortable for for me, like a sort of empathic thing. And I think also it was a fear for what if that person sort of said, hey, let's hear from the guy at the back. It would be like, oh, I've, I've bailed out of many uh, events um, when people have said something like, oh, let's hear from you. I was like, I got to go. And I oh. couldn't, couldn't do it. I would, I would have a complete phobic reaction. Um, you know, uh, just uh, I would feel like I was dying. That's a common fear. It's a very common fear. That, um, yeah. Uh, so I mean, it's a bigger fear than death. Uh, it's Jerry Seinfeld, I think, said something about that. He said because the fear of public speaking is bigger than fear of death. Wow. Most people would they would like to be the body and prefer to be the body in the coffin than the person giving the eulogy. <sighs> and but it's it, but it goes to all sorts of judgment. 
I talk about this this little section in the in the book, just a little box uh, that I put in there. I was having this conversation uh, with a friend. Um, he and I were discussing the, the the fear of public speaking, and this was before I actually worked through it with my spirit guides. And it was just a question of going into. I had to go into more than one past life. But I think it was about three past lives to nail this one. And it was it it was huge. Like I say, I mean, it was a perfect ten uh, as far as phobic reactions go. I mean, I'd come out in blotches in my face. I couldn't speak. Uh, um, I mean, way beyond stammering. I was just like, oh my god, fight or flight. Oh no. <laughs> um, so my friend had the same thing, and and he's saying to me. Um, would you rather lose a finger than give a speech? And I said, well, which finger? And then we had this earnest conversation about, are we talking about, okay, we're talking about the little finger. What about, are we talking about the, you know, which joint, which, how, how much of the finger are we, are we talking about? And, you know, and we agreed that losing a finger would be a far better alternative to giving a speech. Hmm. And then I did the work and thank, thankfully, it was actually at a point before I wrote my first book and when the spirit guy stopped me and he said, how are you going to you know, talk to people about your book if you, can, <laughs> you can't speak in public? And I'm going, well, that's going to be hard. <laughs> and uh, they said, sit down, we need to talk. And we, we worked through it. And I actually gave a, a speech at my friend's wedding, wow. which I never thought I'd be able to do. And... Now I joke about, you know, you can't shut me up. I'm making up for like <laughs> decades of I mean, you even went on Oprah. Yeah. Wow. And it's yeah, so interesting yeah. because I thought for a while that it was our ego that was holding us back due to the severe fear or these limiting beliefs about ourselves that our ego was the one that was blocking us. And I always thought, you know, the soul thinks everything's fine, all is well, but now kind of extending it further yeah people think that so people think the soul's got all the answers and you know i mean i get that all the time you know people saying well, but isn't my soul perfect and it's like well you know your soul's at heart it's very loving and you know it comes comes into this world very inexperienced and it also carries the fear my spirit guys will talk about this i, th I think splitting hairs a little bit but they'll say the soul it isn't fearful but it carries the fears so it's almost like if you if you think of it that way, that if you air the past life, you know, bring it to the surface, then I, I, I sort of think of just taking a, it's like taking all this baggage from the soul. You know, I'll take that suitcase, thank you. And then it doesn't have that. It's not carrying the fear anymore. It's just able to, to release it. Healthier hair growth takes a bit of time, as you likely know, and millions of women, 30 million to be more specific, are impacted by weakened or thinning hair. And so with this knowing, I was so excited to partner with Nutrafol as they're sponsoring this episode to provide the Euromagic listeners a special offer as Nutrafol pioneered the science of hair wellness and is the first to address thinning hair through whole body wellness by multi-targeting key imbalances in the body, like the five root causes of thinning, which are stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, and metabolism. And Nutrafol is physician formulated to be 100% drug-free. In fact, they use medical grade botanicals in consistently effective dosages, so you get the most reliable results. 
thousands of women have been using Nutrafol, including myself. And what amazed me is that 86% of women reported improved hair growth after six months. And let's not forget the gentlemen and 83% of men. I feel like I'll be part of this percentage as well <laughs> as I've been on a hair growth in the healthiest way ever mission for 2021 before I even found out about Nutrafol. And then I could not help but feel lighted and excited by this offer to support my hair growth mission journey. I'm really looking forward to seeing what it will look like in three to six months from now as I know it'll grow thicker and stronger and likely grow faster than it would normally <laughs> because that is what the majority of users reported about Nutrafol. And so I'm so thankful to be taking Nutrafol right now so you can grow thicker, healthier hair, and support our show by going to Nutrafol.com and entering the promo code MAGIC to save $15 off your first month subscription. This is their best offer anywhere, and it is only available to US customers for a limited time. Plus free shipping on every order. Get $15 off at Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code magic and now on with the show but yes yeah, the idea that soul has is perfect well yeah kind of but <laughs> it's also learning all the time yeah i mean otherwise why come back i mean there would be no point if you if your soul came in to the first life absolutely perfect what would be the point of having another. reincarnation or coming back you know it's the soul's perfect you know but it's not it's kind of it's all the time learning these as I say, these core values, learning to develop these and, and get to this place of love. That's its goal, you know, really learning the, the fundamental importance of love. So let's say later towards your level 10 and you learn this fundamental importance of love, you've lived your purpose. Do you think that somehow the incarnation is magically going to uh die in some way and just go to the causal plane finally or what happens when we finally lived our soul's purpose all right well i'll back up just a little bit because between lives what's happening all the time throughout your your many lifetimes is that you come to the end of this life on the physical plane and you go to the astral plane which is where you first of all process the life that you've had and this is a fascinating process as far as i can see because it, it allows you to really understand what you've learned in this life you can never get a handle a total handle on this um while you're here you can get an idea of it but it's it's once you process what's happened you're uh, you're experiencing your effect on other people and all the, the the details, you know, it's it's your life flashing by, and and you're seeing all the uh, consequences of your actions and other people's actions on you, and the karma that's been created, the karma that's been dealt with. It's um, very very complex, and that's when you then know what you're still trying to work on, um, what's still pressing for your soul, 
And then it, it, the soul will go and start thinking about, okay, here's what I still need to learn. Here's what I need to work on. And it starts looking for circumstances of its birth. It will be looking for the um, family to come into, the, uh, the location, the, just generally the circumstances of birth and so on. And then you know, creating a life plan that allows it to, you know, maximum opportunity to get what it is that it wants done. So when it gets to the last life here, and I'm always very glad to hear my spirit guide say this, that perfection is not the, the goal. Because otherwise, as I say in my book, if, if, if that was the goal, we'd all be here forever. But, you know, there's, there's a point where it's like, okay, that's good enough. You know, I've, I've learned really pretty much everything I, I need to get from this whole human experience. So your soul goes, okay, that, that, this, is, this is fine. I'm, I'm done. And once you go over to the astral plane, then you'll spend uh, an extended period of time uh, being a spirit guide. So um, over over time, rejoining with members of your soul family. These are souls that incarnated at the same time, but it's like a horse race. We all get to the finishing post at different times. So you might wait quite a while for the stragglers to come along, but you reunite <laughs> as a as a family almost, and and then um, move still with some sense of individuality you know like an individual consciousness up to the causal level which is where you came in from uh in the first place and i'm sure this sounds a, a little bit esoteric and and everything um that is 100 percent okay here and welcomed <laughs> yeah and at some point there you you then become more like just one you know, you get sort of almost like absorbed into the consciousness again. It's like the the idea is that your soul starts off like a spark from this cosmic or universal consciousness, and then it's it's sort of just after all getting all this experience, eventually goes back into that again. And the idea is to raise that universal consciousness. In in an earlier book, in my book, The Transformation, I talk about how the the way it was expressed to me is that it's like adding um, a small dropper of food coloring into the ocean, that this consciousness-raising aspect of it all, like, you know, you won't notice anything from that little bit of consciousness coming in or that little bit of food coloring in the ocean, but over and over and over, you know, eventually the color of the ocean can change. And the idea is that we're all through going through this in all parts of the universe. I mean, this is happening in billions of, of places just over and over. The, these experiences of souls coming to the physical plane, going through some similar process. Obviously, it's going to look very different, but still the, the, the fundamental principles are the same. And then that consciousness is is gradually increased. The idea is that the universal consciousness is growing all the time, which is pretty heady stuff. It's a little hard to wrap our heads around. I think, you know, from from our perspective here on the physical plane. But no, but it makes the most sense. But what is interesting to me, and then you brought this up in. Old Souls Guidebook as well is that 
we we have a life plan yet at the same time we also have free will and that part is what's really hard for some to wrap their head around yeah because we want to live our soul's mission so we can have this experience and and then finally experience the astral plane look back on all our lives go to the causal plane but also be a guide for others but in the meantime our focus right now is our soul's mission And there are so many potential interruptions and blockages and bumps in the road and past life, fears and phobia, interferences that might sometimes stand in the way it feels. Right. How do we know we're being guided? And also, how do we know? And how do we know? Because we have the free will. How can we make sure that we freely choose the right path towards our destiny? But what is interesting to me and then you brought this up in old souls guidebook as well is that we we have a life plan yet at the same time we also have free will and that part is what's really hard for some to wrap their head around yeah because we want to live our soul's mission so we can have this experience and and then finally experience the astral plane look back on all our lives go to the causal plane but also be a guide for others But in the meantime, our focus right now is our soul's mission. And there are so many potential interruptions and blockages and bumps in the road and past life, fears and phobia, interferences that might sometimes stand in the way it feels. Right. How do we know we're being guided? And also, how do we know? And how do we know? Because we have the free will. How can we make sure that we freely choose the right path towards our destiny well yeah this is a big part of you know what i try to answer in the book uh because yeah there's two things going on there we we do have this destiny our our soul creates this life plan on the astral plane before it comes here and you know we're guided to follow that the whole time but we're also we're here to use our free will and it can be so hard to tell, you know, what is the, you know, what's the voice of the soul and, and, or, or what's, and what's the voice of the fear? I mean, one of, one of the great things about doing past life work is that as you start to um, blow through the fears and you start to get rid of them, then what's left is, um, the, you know, you're, you're not listening to the fears, you're, you're listening to the, the voice of the soul or the, the the guidance of the spirit guides it just becomes a lot easier um now what i talk about is that if you're you know we get presented with opportunities you know the spirit world is working all the time to really help us uh, on our path and of course we're not always listening or not a lot of people are not even aware they have spirit guides and if they if we do how do you use them you know i i mean before i sort of really got on this path and people would talk about you know i'm meant to be a psychic and you know i've got spirit guides looking after me i'd go well they're doing a pretty terrible job aren't they and it was only when i started doing this work i realized you know what if you know things keep going wrong what's the common denominator and uh, it was me you know and <laughs> and i really you know once i was able to look back at my life and the the choices that I made it was 
it was very clear the times where I really felt this is what I meant to do. I feel, you know, an opportunity has come my way and I, I need to take this. That was very, very, very strong. Um, and then other times where I realized that I overrode the intuitive message that I was getting. You know, it was like the the, the universe is kind of going, oh, careful here, don't do, don't do this. And I was going, hey, you know, it's going to be fine. And so the 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 balance, the way the way to to really navigate life in a way where you're using your free will and following uh, the life plan is to really pay attention to the gut feelings and the the messages that you're get, getting because a lot of us um, feel things in our bodies. You know, it, it and it can be like if you, let's say you meet somebody, let's say it's a relationship thing. Is this person right for you or not? Very often, if you check into your body, you'll feel something. You know, when you, when you think about this person, how do you feel? Is it like a sort of like a um, positive feeling or is there something gnawing at you? And literally people can feel it in their stomachs or you can feel it in your heart in your heart chakra um so really you know pay pay attention you know so much of the time where i I think if people had more awareness of such things as as life plans and uh, the fact that there are soulmates for example when it comes to relationships um i think they'd make different choices um you know, I've heard people say, well, isn't it just all random and, you know, it, it, that there's no real plan to it. And it's like, oh, my God, no, <laughs> you, you know, you, you spent you spend an awful lot of time creating this plan and your spirit guides all the time are trying to help you stay on track. Or if you if you fall off the, the track, they're trying to get you back on. And uh, so the more you can. Listen again. It goes back to things like meditation and really tapping into you know what what are those small still voices telling you? Uh, it's amazing when you do that that you can really. Uh, oh, in fact, one thing that uh, that can be very very helpful <clears throat> is that if you if you have a question about something, you know this is this the right path for me? Is to sleep on it. I mean. People have been doing that for forever, you know. Excuse me, <clears throat> but if you if you put out a a question to the spirit world before you go to bed, it's amazing how, especially if it's like an A B type of thing, you know, should I do this or should I do that? That you wake up in the morning and you you have such clarity that you go, why did I even bother asking the question? But what's happened in that space of time in the eight hours or whatever that you've been perhaps hobnobbing with the other side in your sleep <laughs> um you got the answer you got the clarity that is so yeah. true and sometimes actually even at the ashram i wrote a little note and i put it by my bedside to deliver me a message that night and my dream was so i didn't understand the dream in the midst of it that happens of course like you know it's just very all out there, so random, random people, random events happen, but you have this one aching feeling that you know has been deep within you for so long. And it's the one thing 
that personally for me has held me back for many things. And I woke up and it was clear as day, this fear of abandonment. (laughs) I have a very strong rooted fear of abandonment that when I was at the ashram, I got that clarity when I wrote that note and put it by my bedside. That's terrific. I mean, that's really how it works. Yeah. And and then that that uh, fear of abandonment is is a past life issue. Yeah. It's a it, and that's probably the biggest fear. Actually, interestingly, when I was putting together a list of the ten major fears for my second book, I was checking it out with my spirit guides, and I said, "Well, obviously, fear of death is the the biggest." And they said, "No, it's the second biggest." Um, that rejection is is from the soul's perspective bigger than a, f- a fear of death. Wow! So, um, it goes back to abandonment of some kind in a past life, um, uh-huh. and it can be abandonment by the mother. It's always abandonment that leads to terrible consequences. It may be, and terrible consequences from from your soul's perspective just mean that you are taken off your life plan. Something was bad enough to take you off the planet had. So um, it could be like being thrown into poverty or maybe you died early because your mom didn't want you or something like that. So I might uh, be thrown off my life plan. Well, it, it, you have to be thrown off your life plan to to for something to show up as a fear. Okay. And so in this life, when you have rejection, there's several things that will show up. Um, and they, they, they can be triggered in this life, but... Whatever yeah. happens in this life is not the cause. To really get to the root of it, you have to go back to the past life. Right. And so, um, you know, it, because you, you can whittle away at the symptoms in this life, but sometimes it, it doesn't go away because you're never really going to the, the root cause. And sometimes just understanding, yeah, I was abandoned in this past life. This happened, that happened. The soul again, not with a bang, but with a whimper, just goes, oh, okay. All right, I'll just let that okay. go. <laughs> okay, no I love that that is, it's that simple when you can just tune in and tap in. And I know you provide so many meditations on your like membership site for people to have their past life regressions. And so right. there are Absolutely. ways that you can find out how, what the past life, what the trigger is, what the fear was, what happened. There's so many Yeah, we, we, we do a, um, a monthly regression in the soul world and- I love that. That can be interesting. It gives everybody a chance to do that. We do it on a theme, but sometimes people go rogue, you know, and they find that they're <laughs> going back to like something, just something they really needed, um, you know, and it could be a fear of rejection, such a big one. And, you know, it will make it difficult, makes um, relationships tricky in this life. So there's a tendency to feel like an outsider, feel like you don't belong. Yeah. Uh, well, oh yeah. I mean, that was my entire childhood in this incarnation, but uh, it's interesting. It's yes, it's rejection. And I know that there's synonymous rejection and abandonment, yep. but actual like abandonment, not re- just rejection, but like abandonment of from someone that you love mm. so much or people that you love so much that for whatever reason is. There's no, there's, you know, like I say, from the soul's perspective, there's nothing worse. Yeah. Because it goes to to a place where there are just terrible consequences. It's so interesting. Yeah, yeah. and uh, you know, we we can work through this. We'll talk we about this at some point. <laughs> you know, yeah. It just, sometimes uh, it just takes a little bit of digging around 
and we 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 find whatever there is there. Mm, um, thank you. And then it makes it much easier to feel um, safe in a relationship uh, because if yes. you're carrying rejection, I mean, like, I mean, you can push people away um, without knowing it. It can, you know, you can, you know, you can put up all sorts of invisible barriers. The energy can be just saying, "Hey, you know, I I don't feel safe in a relationship," and then you wonder why it's so hard to to even find one, or or, or to to stay in one. And your soul is on on the right. hair trigger because it's it's worried that 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 person will abandon you, like happened three hundred years ago. I think this is a great segue to start talking about relationships and even soulmates, because you talk a lot about soulmates in this book, which was rather helpful. And let's say you run into a soulmate who just feels like an old friend. It just, it just feels familiar. It's just that very familiar. I know you, but I don't really know you, but I know you feeling. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. That happens. Yeah. yeah. And that happens with me on rare occasion too. And And I have a feeling, Ainsley, because you and I are old souls, we probably knew each other in a past life. Oh, we've we've known each other before. (laughs) I figured. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, This is is a, you know, reunion. Reunion. I love that. Yeah. It's a a tricky business, the the soulmate Mm -hmm. thing. Um, And and I think partly because uh, there are myths surrounding it or sort of, or, or sort of maybe some glamorization you know, romantic yeah. ideas about what it looks like yeah yeah you know like um you know you're going to meet a soulmate and um it solves all your problems and everything's going to be just sweetness <laughs> and light and cherubs and trumpets and stuff you know about it's like, that <laughs> um it's not always like that yeah so my spirit guides they're, they're they generally talk about Soul family being this large group, the, the the group of souls that you came into the world with, and this might have been say five or six thousand years ago. So you all come in, and then off you go on your separate journeys. But all the time, and particularly once you become an old soul, you're trying to share the journey with members of your soul family. It's all the time that you're you're trying to reunite and. Um, share karmic lessons and so on. By the time you get to be a very old soul, um, this is a this is what spirit guides are working on most. They described it to me as the great game. Is for them, it's it's all about trying to help us meet each other and meet those that we can have the deepest, most intimate relationships with because we have the 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 deepest soul connection that comes from being. A member of the family. Now, when you meet somebody who's a member of your soul family, but you've known them before, like you've, you maybe you were married in a, a past life or your business partners 500 years ago or something, then the, the spirit guides would call those old friends. Mm. So, you, you know, you might meet an old friend. Now, if you meet an old friend with whom you also have what they call a romantic agreement, then that's they, they'd be happy to call that a soulmate. And I have to say, my spirit guides will sometimes just use the word soulmate to just, you know, they'll just throw it out there just to say that you have a really deep connection. But on a more sort of, if you want to be more pedantic about it, yeah, it's a it's a romantic agreement. And so when you have a romantic agreement with another soul, it's not to say, 
we have to make this work. This is the one soulmate. Without this, I'm, uh, my life will be incomplete. I'll never be happy. <laughs> it's just to say, okay, our intention is to come together and see if we can make this work. And the agreement is not, it's not carved in stone. It's, and if it doesn't work out, well, that's fine. You know, there's going to be another one. Because, you know, most souls are not meant to be alone. I mean, I've only met two clients in 20 years who are are totally, totally, it, it shows up in their life plan. Um, uh, in, in the life plan, it shows up as no, no mission of connection. They, they would be unhappy in a relationship. I mean, both of them live alone and totally agreed with me when I said, well, you you know, having somebody around would, would drive you nuts. And they go, oh, yeah, I couldn't have a relationship. Oh, no, so happy on my own. But most people are wanting a relationship and they're wanting intimacy. And, you know, even if they say they're not, usually that's just a fear showing up. <laughs> and me. so, you know, yeah, exactly. And it's an old soul, you know, you want to have that, you get to that deepest place with somebody you know. So you have that romantic agreement. But let's say, you meet that person and they they turn out to be abusive. Well, you don't want to stick it out just because that's a soulmate. I mentioned this uh, in my first book that there was I was I was doing readings out of a shop years ago. Um, this woman came in and immediately before she even sat down, I could tell that she was being um, physically and verbally abused. It was just like the spirit guides are sort of yelling at. To get my attention about that, and so she sits down, and I go, you know, do you mind me asking, are you being, you know, physically and verbally abused by your spouse? And she goes, oh yeah, um, but she says I feel I'm supposed to, and I'm going, what? And she goes, yeah, I'm supposed to, and I'm going, I don't know what you're talking about. She goes, well, he's my soulmate, and I feel there's big lessons from this. And what the spirit guides are saying is like, no, the lesson is if you're in an abusive relationship is to get the hell out. You know, it's like no soul is meant to be abused. You know, you get your, there is no support for that. It's just all about if there's a situation like that, it's either getting over it or getting out of it. So um, things can go wrong is basically what I'm saying. You know, your souls have the best of intentions. They create the agreement. But when you get together, I mean, something, something could be well wrong. You know, very commonly, what I'll find is um, one of my clients meets a soulmate. Uh, it's everything is set up from a soul perspective. It looks really great, but you know, all these years have gone by since they made that agreement, and now when they meet, the you know he's got an alcohol problem or an anger issue or she's, you know, um, she's so damaged from the past relationship, she can't open her heart chakra enough to have a relationship, you know, so all sorts of things can go wrong. So when a, um, when a soulmate relationship doesn't work out, what the soul, what your soul will do immediately is look for other agreements. Okay. So we have multiple agreements. We don't just make this one romantic that, And that's such an important thing to, yeah, because I've, I've had people come to me and they go, oh my gosh, I've broken up with a soulmate and I will never love again. And it's like, <laughs> oh, no, no, you know. There's more. You know, so yeah, I had somebody who's 23 years old going, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll never meet anybody else. And I'm going, I think mm -hmm. you will, you know, you, you could be here for like a, you know, 
another 60 or 70 years, I think you're going to be okay. Um, but yeah, the idea that there's just one soulmate, it's, uh, it's, it's one of those sort of things that can be a little limiting if, if that's what, what you think. And sometimes the next one will be better and, uh, you know, it, it, it's not, they're not fallback positions or second best or anything like that. They, they can, you know, there's can even be a stronger chance of things working out. So, um, you know, I often encourage people not to try and make it work just because there's a soul agreement. If, if it's really just not what you're looking for right now. Perhaps as well, they were, maybe it didn't work out, but maybe that was part of the lesson that we were supposed to learn in this life. Is that a potentiality? Yeah. Romantic partner we were with, soulmate or not. Wait, are all romantic partners that we experience soulmates? Well, (laughs) no. um, (laughs) The the intention is that that they should be. Right, but um, and again, I think it's one of those things. If if we just knew about how this works, and, you know, had a better idea. I mean, I look yeah. at my life and I think, well, how different that would look if I if I'd known this when I was in my teens, rather than sort of starting to learn it in my forties. My my life might have looked uh, a little different because, as an old soul, you are seeking out soulmate but what happens is uh, you know people get into a relationship with somebody that they, that's not a part of their soul family they don't have a an agreement but just because they they come along and they think well maybe this will will work and you know it's better than being alone or or whatever and right. um, rather than holding out you know and i've worked with people who you know where i've tried to get them to just you know hold out because you're, this is what you're looking for. And I can even get from the spirit guide some of the signs. This is what, you're, what your soul is really looking for in the soulmate. And, but they meet somebody and, they, it, and it's unsuitable. And, but it's better than being alone or, 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 you know, they don't really believe that they're going to find that soulmate. But then by getting into a, a relationship that doesn't have the depth that they're looking for, the needs are not met, you know, usually on, on both sides and it doesn't last. But while right. they're going through that sort of, um, let's say, sort of second rate relationship, they're missing the opportunity to have the really good one, mm. you know, because energetically it's, you know, it's going to be very, very difficult, you know. It's oh, like yeah. You need to be, sometimes you need to be available. And so the more that you you understand yourself and understand then what you're looking for in a relationship, the easier it becomes to draw that person in and to recognize okay. that person when you meet them. But how do we get clear and call in that soulmate, that romantic soulmate then? Well, this is a technique that is very, very powerful and is to quite simply come up with a list of 20 things. If you're looking for a relationship, have a list of 20 things that you want in, in a relationship uh, in that person and talk to the spirit world about it every day. But what if our mind is getting in the way of what and how, how could we distinguish that? What if it's like our mind wants this super fit, all these very superficial things in life? Well, here's what happens. If you, if you have a, a list of 20 things that you want, and let's say being super fit 
is on the list. If you talk through that list every night with your spirit guides, after a while you start to add in something where you think, gosh, you know, I, I, I realize intimacy is something that I'm really looking for and I forgot to, to put that on my list. And then you start to, to think, well, is being super fit really what I'm looking for? Or do I just, um, I want somebody who's, you know, in reasonably good shape. Um, and you, you kind of um, hone the list. And that's how you get to the deeper place because you're working back and forth with the ah. with the spirit world and you're you know so things get thrown like out this. of your list you suddenly realize well you know be, you know you know blonde hair and a mustache really that important you know <laughs> or you know <sighs> is there something else that i might put in that place on the list so you know basically there those on the other side are helping you to to create a list that's really going to work for you so it yeah you you kind of hone it over a period of time i'm making my list tonight <laughs> <laughs> and you and you and reputation is so important the spirit guides are funny if you if they if i get an answer to a question and i answer the ask the question again and they they'll say to me asked and answered but you know they don't want to waste time you know we already gave you an answer so but it's very different when it comes to something you're you're wanting to draw into your life repetition pester them to talk about it all the time and you know it puts things on the front burner it it you know brings it to the surface i often talk about how somebody a client told me years ago that she had read in a book that if you really wanted something to write it on a piece of paper and put it in a drawer and forget about it and I can't tell you how much my spirit guides disagreed with that. <laughs> they were just a, appalled, you know, like it's so not how they work. Wow. It's like if you want something, you let the universe know. You talk about it all the time. Wow. And, Good to and know. This is, yeah, this is a sort of, from their point of view, it's part of sort of basic manifestation, if you like. And so, you know, you keep it uppermost for yourself. And, you know, you might find that you, because it's, on the front burner rather than forgotten about in the back of a drawer that you talk to friends about it and maybe they remember it and then suddenly they think, oh, I know somebody who could help you here or whatever it is. Um, huh. Yeah. How do we know that we are on the path towards them, that they're, we're walking towards them? Because I can't feel yet. I don't know if my guides are – guiding me to somebody specific or if I'll just know while I'm along the path, like how do we know that we are potentially walking toward the soulmate? Uh, well, you, I think what, again, it goes to that list, but, but it's okay. related to what you know about yourself because what's on, what's on your list should be a reflection of your needs. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, a lot of a lot of people, and it's to do with the past life fear as well, um, that they don't know what their needs are. Oh, I know what my needs are. And so it all, <laughs> but a lot of people, they, they have no no clue. Mm. And so when you talk to them about, you know, what what, what are your needs? It's like, oh, I don't know. For, mm. you know. for some people, they've never had the luxury of being able to uh, think about their own needs, you know, some so, so often having to put other people's needs ahead of their own. But if they, if if you can get really clear about what your needs are in this life, 
that makes it very much easier to create a list when it comes to relationship. And perhaps if they are struggling figuring out finding their needs, maybe they can look at what they are grateful for in this present moment in their life, what they enjoy, and maybe just ask for more of that in their list with their partner. Absolutely. That's great because, yeah, I mean, we're, we're talking about if you're looking for a relationship, but absolutely. Yeah. Um, if you're in a relationship. I was about to ask. <laughs> you read my mind. Yeah, you know, if you're in a relationship, then think about the, again, think about the needs and, you know, are your needs being met? That's big. And and if your needs are not being met, then what would it take to have your needs met? So, you know, really think about this and then um, express it. You know, I've, I've had clients. I, I mean, I had one client I'm thinking of from a few years ago who broke up with her husband and he was completely blindsided. I mean, he was missing all the, the cues um, for many, many reasons. Um, but she had never just, you know, expressed her needs and, and said, like, this this one thing particularly is, is driving me nuts. And you know the guy quite quite reasonably when they when they broke up said well why didn't you say something <laughs> and so so being clear about your needs it does help you to then formulate the requests to you know whether it's to the universe or it's to a partner right to say hey this is saying you know i recognize this this need is being unmet and you know mm-hmm. here's you know, not just to say, "Hey, my needs not being met," but here's what I think would, you know, I need, or needs that that has to happen for that need to be met and for the relationship to be successful. Oh, and that's so empowering to like speak that truth to another human or to recognize it and share it with the guides. Yeah. So you also have a section on the spiritual view on sex, which I found <laughs> fascinating because I was like, "What?" They don't do it in the astral plane. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. The spirit guide saying you can't have great sex on the astral plane. Oh wait, you can't. can't have, ha- you can't have great sex, or you can't have sex. Yeah, well, you can't There's... have any sex. You know. Okay. That's, that's right. You know, it's a physical plane experience. So take advantage while you're here, basically. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's connect a lot of people. You know, they do make, um, you know, intimate connection through sex and. Um, you know, the spirit guides would say we, we all have a, a a right of great sex. I mean, obviously, it's not a priority for some people and for others. It it really is. And um, again, there can be all sorts of past life blocks. You know, we talked about right. the you know the effect of sexual trauma in a past life and how that will show up in this life, and that will uh, it will act as a block. Mm-hmm. It was interesting that um, what I one of the things I talk about in there is that. One of the Soul World members had asked, she had a few past lives as a prostitute or courtesan mm. and wondered how that would show up. And there's really not one single way that it does because it really depends on what kind of experiences you had. What Was there a huge level of coercion or, you know, you know what were the reasons and what kind of experience did you have? But you, you'll find that a lot of times uh, people who've been very disempowered sexually and i'm thinking of somebody who might have been forced into prostitution as a child in a past life they they will often use sex as, as a as a way to regain power 
in this life. Or they can go the other way and become very powerless around, you know, sex can be a major sort of trigger, can trigger anger and all sorts of things. Um, it's a fascinating subject because sometimes when people are on the spiritual path, they they neglect that part. They don't realize that this is actually a very, very important aspect of uh, being human. And, you know, we're all, the soul sees mind, body, and spirit as being one thing. It can't separate itself out from the whole bundle, which is fascinating. And once you understand that, a lot of things make sense. So you can have somebody who's got everything together spiritually, everything together um, mentally, if you if you like, the sort of the mind and spirit are okay, but the body is is neglected. And sometimes that can be in the area of sex. Sometimes it can be just, you know, lack of exercise or, or lack of touch even. Something that comes up an awful lot um, that I hear the spirit world talking about is the importance of massage, especially if you're not in a relationship or you're in a relationship and you're not getting enough um, physical connection. Why? Why is it so important? There's loads of other reasons for having a massage, but well, they talk about the connection between um, you know having having the body touched it it makes like a it's a sort of connection from the the universe it's a, it's it's sort of energetic the problem is that if you neglect the the body and that can be you know any any kind of sensuality it could be sexual or or anything if you ne- neglect the body for too long it can be very hard to get it back um operating as it should as part of this trio you know, sort of a, you know, and it's different for everybody. The balance of mind, body, and spirit depends on who you are. But it's very important to make sure that the, each of those parts are, are working. And massage is a very sort of quick way of realigning everything. Yeah. Yeah. I've had, I've, I've actually had just times when the spirit guides have, have, have given a client instruction. Um, um, they'll say massage and masturbation. <laughs> wow. Go ahead, you know, get back into the body because you you know, because you're shut down. And the problem is if the if the body is shut down, it has a knock-on effect on the other two parts. Hmm. And because you're connected, I mean, this is where if you let's say you have a physical injury, it can affect you emotionally as well. You know, you could get yes. depressed because you're laid up with a broken leg or something. So it, it you know, each part can influence the other. It's all connected. All connected. One more thing I want to touch on is karma. Mm -hmm. Because there are so many misconceptions around karma. What really, Ainsley, what really is karma? Is there really good or bad karma? (laughs) There is good and bad (laughs) karma. Is there such a thing? Yeah. (laughs) And how does it influence our life? Well, karma is is influencing us in all ways, really, at at all times. Our, Our you know, our souls are kind of, you know, aware of the, you know, the karma that needs to be balanced. The important thing to recognize about karma is that it's just about balance. It's a a sort of continual balancing act. And, um, I mean, it it can show up in, in different ways. I mean, let's, let's say that you were an abandoned child in a past life karmically you can balance that life with one in which you 
you become a caregiver in this life, take care of children. Sometimes you can be very sort of like for like, but it's always about uh, balancing. People worry about, oh gosh, you know, how can I balance the, the karma? How do I know? And, you know, sometimes just the important thing is be kind, you know, just, yeah. um, you can't go wrong, you know, <laughs> like really just be, be, be loving and be kind. And, yes. <laughs> At all costs, always choose the higher road. Yeah. And it's, and it's not always easy. I mean, you know, it's not always easy, but it's simple. Like it's such a simple, you feel, you can feel like, all right, this is, this isn't right right now, yeah. how I'm responding to this situation. You can feel it and it doesn't feel right. It might feel, it might feel right in the moment. You're like, yeah, take that. <laughs> That's then right. And then karmically, tonight. the answer would be to, um, you know, to, to, to balance that in some way. It might be to own your part in it or to apologize or something like that. Yeah. Doesn't take a doesn't doesn't have to be a huge thing, you know. You don't you don't have to. I know. I don't. Know, maybe yeah, you don't have to take care of orphan children or right. something like that, you know, to balance something. It, it can be just in small ways. So you can be you can be doing it all the time. That's interesting you say that. And I do feel like the two monks that were there, they're beautiful. I loved them so much, and I deeply connected with them. But they told me that they were doing this for some karmic debt. Mm. I mean, I'm open to whatever their heart feels, you know, is right. But I yeah. thought that was interesting. And so it's interesting yeah. you said that. Well, we're all doing things for, for, for karmic reasons without, um, you know, with, with, and we, we don't always know it. Right. I mean, you can certainly explore past lives and find what, um, what sort of theme, you know, may come up from there and that, that can help. You can also look at your life and see, see the sort of things that have have gone on and think about ways to to balance that you can t you, there's a lot about themes as well that show up in your life and that can help to point you in certain directions what do you mean by themes well you get um let's say uh let's go back to what you're talking about to about abandonment yeah um so if you can see like there's a there's a theme that shows up and we know there's a past life issue around that which would explain why it becomes a theme in in this life well recognizing that ways that you can balance that in fact you're doing it like i say pe people are doing it without knowing it and you're doing it with with this podcast you're doing it right now in this moment what you're doing is you're uniting people you're bringing people together and that's the way that you heal the past life fear of rejection you know? <laughs> The, the other side of the the coin, if, if you like. I didn't even think of it like that. I thought, I didn't even think of it karmically. I was just like, I'm doing this to get over this fear of mine. But I didn't think of it in a past life. I just thought of it just, that's just how I am. I'm afraid of being rejected and judged and abandoned and all the things. But it's interesting and to have that perspective on it. And your soul is going, okay, we've been abandoned and rejected in this life and the last. And now there's a lot of people out there who need community yeah. and need to feel they belong. And it, and you help a lot of people who suffer as you once did. And this is called a wow. spiritual act. You heal yourself by helping those who suffer as you once did. So, you know, people, a lot of people that you'll be attracting will be those who have had some sort of abandonment and, and are looking for a, 
a place that they, they can belong. Wow. You know, community. And this is like a major reason why I set up the the Soul World membership program that I have. Yeah. Wow. So. You hit the core of what your own magic and the tribe is about, even though it's interesting though, yes, I probably made the Facebook or I did make the Facebook account and I invited all these people, but then they invited people and it's like, they're all contributing to this act themselves as well. Yeah. So that's really amazing that we can fulfill that if we have this fear of abandonment. Yeah. Isn't it? It's it's quite cosmic, (laughs) isn't it? It's so cosmic and beautiful. Yeah. How can we fully relish in old soul values and walk the talk? Well, I think, you know, one of the main things is just to, uh, you know, be conscious of modeling old soul values, I think is, um, you know, if you're an old soul, well, prove it, you know, it's like, you know, act, act like one and really bottom line, come from a loving place, you know, be as, be as loving and caring and compassionate and kind as you possibly can. And, uh, you know, be conscious of it and, you know, think about it, you know, again, it's a conscious part of this. I mean, it's, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll embody it. I mean, it's like anything. If you just keep, keep practicing it, it's like if you do karate all the time and those moves just become automatic, or if you play piano and you don't think about, you know, where a C chord is, you don't consciously have to think about it. Um, but just taking the, you know, the more kindness, you know, thinking about it, the more it just becomes an automatic kind of thing. I love a natural look with some shimmer. I love that lightly soft contour, but add, of course, some shimmer and some blush, some highlighter, a whisk of eyeliner on the outer edges, and, of course, a strong lengthening mascara that does not clump or flake. That's basically the look I usually go for. So whether you like a more natural look or full glam or somewhere in between, you'd love Thrive Cosmetics because you're not only getting quality cosmetics, but you're also contributing to a good cause. And you also might already know of them as they have a pretty viral, vibrant turquoise tube on social media for their mascara. And it is a game changer. It is. I'm so happy that Thrive Cosmetics is not just stunning, but also 100% vegan and cruelty-free. And it's packed with clean, skin-loving ingredients. Their high-performance formula set the bar high with uncompromising standards. So no wonder their bestsellers boast thousands of glowing five-star reviews. And what also makes them even more special is that every purchase with Thrive Cosmetics contributes to making communities thrive. Hence the name. I mean, it's also spelled C-A-U-S-E-Medics. Thrive Cosmetics. So it's not just about beauty. I mean, they're truly about giving back. So with your support, they donate products and funds to support communities in need through responsive giving. That's why they've been my beauty obsession since 2020. I've been using their Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara since 2020. I mean, this is a magical mascara that lasts all day without a hint of clumping or smudging or flaking. And removal is a breeze as all I need is warm water and a washcloth. Pretty simple. And also here's the best part. The nourishing ingredients in this flake-free tubing formula not only gives you the length and definition that you crave, but also it supports longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. It's a love story for your lashes. So Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. 
Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash magic. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash magic for 20% off your first order does and just like the non-judgment for for all living beings including yourself that's actually my very first tattoo is on my wrist and it says ahimsa which means uh to practice non-violence and compassion for all living things including yourself mm. and there are times where for me the non-compat or i mean having compassion for all living things that's simple but the including myself part can be challenged oh yeah that's the one that's one place so many old souls fall down on that one it's like i have to i have to remind clients you know if everybody else is worthy of your love what's wrong with you (laughs) there's nothing wrong (laughs) there's just a lot a lot that you have been through but nothing wrong at all yeah absolutely is there anything else you want to share about the old soul guidebook before rapid fire? Oh my gosh. Um, well, there's so much, I have more questions too. It's like, <laughs> I would ah. just, um, I would say just, uh, if you're interested in reading about, uh, what we've been discussing, uh, the website is the old souls And, uh, yeah, I just, uh, I, I'm, I hope this speaks to to all souls. I, uh, you know, it's just a few people like yourself have have um, read this, and you know, the feedback has been very positive. It does seem to touch the heart of old souls. So I kind of want to want to keep that going. Touch the heart and soul, yeah. truly, of all souls. All right. So, preference of residence: Scotland or America? And be careful, Ainsley. <laughs> yeah, I have to be be careful I don't offend anyone. Well, I'm I'm in America by choice. And so right now, I mean, I I love going back to Scotland. Oh but yeah. Yeah. I discovered the Pacific Northwest and yeah, yeah, don't want to be anywhere else. You have that island that you're on. Yeah. Christine. Um mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> Life is good. Life is good. What's your spirit animal? Cat. Oh, why? Well, I, I, I've always, uh, I've always been a cat man. That's why I say, "What can a cat man do?" That's cute. I, I have a, I have a cat called Lily, who's um, uh, not very happy at being locked out of the office while I, oh, no. <laughs> I do this interview. She's, 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 um, she doesn't just love me. She's, she's in love with oh. me. She, and <laughs> we, have, we have a, a really beautiful relationship, and she is a little sweetheart. Um, so do you think she's been your pet in other lives or yeah she was my my cat tiger when i was a kid cat tiger and yeah she was called tiger oh she was and called tiger i think you meant like yeah she was i know i wish i wish i'd had a pet tiger that would have been, been great yeah so you know i was told i couldn't have a cat um but i went and got one and um and i i just kept my fingers crossed and hoped that my parents would fall in love with the cat and they did so Aww. yeah i've always been i've always loved cats I love cats too. Mine yeah. just passed away a couple months ago at the age oh. of 24. No, oh, it's wow. A, a long life. I was yes. very happy for him. He was. It was time oh. for him. Yeah, but what a blessing <laughs> to have a cat that long. I know, I know. He'll, he, he's, he'll come back around in some other He'll be form. back. Yeah. He'll be back. Mm-hmm. 
Um, do you have a spirit guide number? Mine is 44 and 444. Uh, 333. 333, yes. Yeah. What are your spirit guides? Like, what do they say about numbers? What they say is about the numbers is that they just, they're reminders that they can draw your attention, that they can get your attention in a moment and they can say, look over there. Wow. You might see it on a license plate or they can look. Yeah. They do that with I, me every I, day. I, yeah. <laughs> What should I do in those moments? I spoke to somebody uh, years ago and we ended up doing a lot of, or have over the years done a lot of work together, um, sort of medical research. And, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, he said to me, well, I keep seeing 333 and uh, is there any significance? And I said, well, you know, next time we talk, we'll ask the guides. And um, that night I woke up and I looked at the clock and it was 333 and I thought, oh, I'm just <laughs> dreaming. And I, I, lay there and watched for a minute. <clears throat> and obviously the spirit guides had woken me up right at the beginning of the minute. And I you know, watched it then change to 3.34. And I, I asked them, I said, well, well, you know, what's happening there? You know, you know, why are they doing this? And their answer was pretty much like, well, because we can. But it's <laughs> the deeper meaning is that it's it's about getting your attention and reminding you that there is something beyond. It's just a little thing that they can do to say, hey, we're here. We're here. That's what I thought. Mm -hmm. I just, yeah. I see it. I'm like, they're here. They're always there. Yeah. Well, they are always there. Yeah. They, <laughs> they never sleep. What is your zodiac sign? I'm Pisces. Of course you are. <laughs> and, uh, Do you think most according, old souls are Pisces? I think a lot of, a lot of them are. I'm a Leo, a of, though. Um, <laughs> a, lot of, um, a lot of psychics seem to be yeah. Pisces. And I think there's a there's this sort of sensitivity and you know c connection right. there. Right. So your guides told you that I was an outgoing introvert. What are you? Oh, <laughs> I'm the opposite. Oh. Yeah, I'm I'm actually an extrovert, but um, you know I certainly had to deal with shyness. It was a big problem when I was I was younger, and uh, yeah. So I'm I people would look at me and and think that i'm an introvert um but i actually huh. recharge with the company of others that's amazing i yeah. i feel that ever when people look at me they everybody everybody assumes i'm an intro or an extrovert but you made right. it very clear i love that when you said you're an outgoing introvert right yeah you you, you need a lot of time on your own and i and i don't <laughs> yeah Wait, what happens with a soulmate? Like when I have a soulmate, but I need a lot of time on my own. We'll just we'll just well, figure it out. <laughs> uh, I, I help a lot of people with this. It's to do with um, something that's actually in your soul's life plan. Oh, uh, and that, it, it's it's one of the things that I often look at in the first session with with a client. It's something called a paradox, and the paradox is that people often have uh, this these two missions. They're part of your life plan. And the, there's the mission of connection and paradoxically the mission of avoidance. So that's why they call it the paradox. When you have that, you're pushed to be with people, but you, but you pull back to be on your own. Huh. And you, you have that very strongly. You know, you, you're, I think you're about a 50-50 mix there. You need a lot of time on your own, um, yeah. but you do need to be around people. And if you're not, yes. you're, you're going to go, you know, a little bit crazy. I have. I know that experience. <laughs> yeah. So when you meet somebody, the 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 best thing is, um, well, first of all, figure out where they are, um, because 
it, it can be a problem. I mean, yeah. for somebody like me, I need somebody who's, uh, I, I don't need somebody who's just like me, but I want to be with my partner all the time. And knowing this, that, you know, where we, where we are, uh, on this spectrum, if you like, has really been very helpful because I know to sort of pull back. I mean, for example, Monday nights, I go out with the boys. I've been doing it for, oh, I don't know, 10 or 15 years. You know, we go out for dinner and chew the fat. And, you know, my, my wife is usually just delighted <laughs> to, to get rid of me. You know, it's like, oh. you know, she has some, some quiet time. And I recognize that in her, that she's, she has much more of a need for alone time. First oh. five minutes will do me, and you know, I'm, I'm looking around like a puppy. Where's where's my people? <laughs> <laughs> so in a, in a partnership, you just really understand where where are they. Yeah. Um, it's very Honor. easy for, for yeah, it's easy for somebody who's got all that connection to appear clingy to somebody who needs a lot of space, mm-hmm. and then they perceive that person as as pushing them away. Um, yeah, and really, just each one is saying, you know, one's going, well, I need, I need people, and the other one's going, I need space. I'm far too familiar with that dance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What is your favorite breakfast? Oh my gosh, soft boiled eggs and toast. Soft boiled eggs and toast. So I'm curious about your guides' thoughts. If they've, if they probably haven't ever talked to you about it, but because veganism is such a big thing these days, and a lot of the audiences. Does does veganism really work for everyone? What are your guide's thoughts on veganism? Oh, gosh. It's um, <laughs> a big one. We haven't gone into it too much, but they see it largely as a question of choice, but they have got some very strong feelings about the way animals are treated, as you can probably yes, imagine. Yes, me too. I get that. And so, yeah. Right. But you don't have to yeah. be vegan. No, there's no obligation. No. Right. But they prefer that you are. No, they, they, they would... They would recognize that we, you know, we we were, you know, we're we're omnivores, but but we also have, you know, huge amount of personal choice there. You know, I was vegetarian for years, and I'm not right. now so much because I, you know, realized that I needed to have a little bit of meat in my right in my for life. health reasons. Yeah, you know, right. So yeah. okay, mm-hmm. that's so interesting. But they do they prefer people to be vegan if they can? I couldn't answer that. I'd have to really sit down and talk to my guides. About that. I'm not sure about there's preference. I'm so curious as far as like the spiritual connection because people have been having a lot of health issues on the diet, but they also a lot of people thrive on it. So I'm just like, I don't know anymore. Yeah. Well, you know, there's what's that the, that diet or the, there's a book of it. It's, just, it's not the China syndrome, it's the China. Oh, the China study. Study, right. Yeah. yeah by T. Con Campbell. And, uh, yeah, I remember my. My spirit guide sort of, you know, going along with that, feeling that that was, you know, like a like a mostly plant based diet. They certainly talk about that a wow. lot. Wow, mm-hmm. that's amazing. Yeah. <gasps> Interesting. But we are, but they also recognize we are all different, you know. And yeah, and there is some free will in this. Of course. Well, yep, yeah, we have free will indeed. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Yeah. What is a place you'd love to visit? that is perhaps in a relation to a past life of yours? <laughs> um, the city of Prague. Oh, of course. I have, I have a past life there. And, of course um, you do. Yeah, and I will. will I haven't been there in this life. I've, oh. I've been to 
most major European cities and just haven't had the chance to to go back there. I guess I need to go to South Africa, Russia, Portugal, and now that island. <laughs> Mauritius. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, there's no obligation to go back to places you've been. You might have, you might even have pretty negative feelings about places that have been uncomfortable before. Yeah, there's something there for Russia with, with me. Wait, you said mm-hmm. that I wrote books. So could you do? Have you ever had clients find something that they've written in the past? Yes. Yeah. That's um, cool. Yes, as somebody not so long ago found, uh, you know, just from a few clues that. I, I was able to get, um, they found, it was like an ex- obscure writer. Actually, funnily enough, it was a religious writer. Um, but the, the biography was exactly as I'd, I'd given it. And they, they were able to find a, a, a wiki, Wikipedia page. That's actually really cool. Yeah. Wow. What would you write on your tombstone for Ainsley McLeod in the, for this incarnation's experience? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it'd be something like I, you know, I try to do my best. <laughs> you know, try to do my best. Yeah, it's like really. I've always that. had that feeling, like you know. Well, I hope I'm. You know, I always used to be concerned. You know, am I doing the right thing? You know, like I'm yeah. Always sort of like you know, well, concerned about that. all right yeah that would be it i did my best i there we go i did my best instead of i try to do my best what can you do maybe the next time maybe next time guys (laughs) yeah i'm hoping there will be no next time Um, i don't know you might be getting your wings after this one for sure mm -hmm. define true love oh my gosh well true love boy i think it's um I think it's a lot to do with acceptance of that other person. I think it's also defining true love. It has to do, I think, where, you know, those core values I talked about. Yeah. I think where where you're able to safely, you know, express those true values without fear, that you're able to speak your truth. You're able to have, you know, totally open heart chakra. Um, you know, be in that total loving place um, where you give each other freedom, um, that you you live without, you know, fear of, um, you know, violence or that sort of thing. You know, like um, you resolve conflicts easily. That's that sort of thing because those are all connected with the soul's ultimate. Uh, goals. Mm, that's beautiful. That's a good question because I never really thought about it, just really when it comes down to it. You didn't cheat, did you? You didn't ask your spirit guides. No, 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 I, no cheating. I, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this. I'm going solo right now. Yeah. Nice. Good for you. So the universe, how about the spirit guides? Somehow you, they found a way to give you free billboards. So absolutely no cost to share one message across the main highways and major cities all around the world on these billboards. What would the billboards read? Well, I think the one phrase that I think is so important um, is your destiny is not a secret. This is a phrase that my spirit guide started using a few years ago. And their point being that um, 
you, you know, as I said, I think at the beginning of this talk that, you know, it, it's, it's not a, it's not a mystery, you know, why you're here. You just need to know what to look for. I would love to see those, those thought provoking billboards with your destiny's not a secret and a link to my website. <laughs> <laughs> of course. I would love to see those yeah. too. Manifest them. Yeah. <sighs> so Ainsley, the last question that I've asked you before, but your answer might change because you know, they always change every day for everyone. Mm -hmm. How would you advise your own magic listeners to create their own magic and no cheating? I know you're going solo. <laughs> <laughs> so how to create your own magic yeah oh boy well here's one thing it's to list let's list th you know three things that you've always wanted to do and then just choose one of those and start doing it <laughs> I love that. So practical. Like no excuses, just like not tomorrow, not the next day, but right away. Start taking steps to make that happen. Yes. Yes, because otherwise they'll just continue to linger on as dreams. You don't have to do them all right now. Mm -hmm. But as long as you do one, begin right. one. You don't have to do it fully right now, but yeah. to take a step. Yeah, one, one step and... You know, it can be overwhelming when you have so many things you want to do and, you know, all these plans, but it's just putting it into action. Thank you so much, Ainsley. Thank you so much for these few hours. Mm. You are an, ugh, I'm so thankful to have found you in this incarnation. And, <laughs> well, Raquel, it's such a pleasure. And I'm, I'm so glad we found each other in this incarnation. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's been just a, an absolute pleasure and an honor talking with you and you know, thank you so much for having me on the show oh you are welcome to come on anytime just so you know <laughs> anytime, be careful what time. you wish for oh <laughs> see I'm, you next week i'm very oh yeah right for real though <laughs> i'd be fine with that the, the monthly ainsley <laughs> just kidding <laughs> that'd be awesome oh man well thank you thank you so much Yomis, that is a wrap. That is a wrap for this episode. I hope that something spoke deeply to you, expanded you in some way. Please let me know if so. You can catch me on Instagram at Raquel Mantra. I spell Raquel a different way than most, so you can see the spelling in the show notes. Or hang out with the Yomis, the like-minded, very conscious and expansive and helpful souls on the Euro Magic Facebook group especially a place to turn to when it comes to, well, whatever you're going through. And there are several tools on the euromagic.life membership site. All right, well, thank you so, so much and have a magical rest of your day.